All right, it is week 16. The Rams back against the wall as they go up to face the 49ers. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, it is 49ers week. But first, uh, on the personal wow. front, DeMarco, how you doing? How, how are your holidays starting? Uh, here? good. Why are you asking me, new well, daddy? Well, Part two? Well, I just, I heard you yeah. have a big night at the household maybe tonight. That's, is that that's, true? That's nothing. They go to bed on their own. I mean, they can feed themselves and change themselves. I mean, yeah, but isn't there the a, dad. Uh, isn't there a prospective suitor in town? Oh yeah, yeah, Jordan. Oh yeah. I hope you're listening, you, you dude. You better come in a suit and tie this with is, flowers this and is candy. Your, uh, my, my daughter's, daughter's new boyfriend. Okay. And I'm not surprised. My daughter's fabulous. She's beautiful. So I'm not shocked that people want to, you know, spend time with her. But mm-hmm. you must come over. You must give me the chance to haze you. And you must take it. And my entire family, both sides, are at my house right now. Oh, he's running the gauntlet. Oh, my God, yes. So you better be bilingual, too. It's going to be fun. I will say this about your daughter. It's amazing how she's grown up in one semester of college. Saw her the other night when we were taping the uh, Sean McVay show with yeah. Les Need. Wow. Wait, what do you know that I don't? You mean grew up? What do you mean grown up? She's just... She's been away at college. What do you mean grown up? She's just a lovely young oh, woman now. okay. You know, in the three, four years that I've known yeah. you, I went from having a hard time believing that she had matriculated through high school and was off to college to now believing that yeah. Corvallis is home. She's got my, my I don't, I don't want to say my toughness, but my passion, but, and she's whip smart. So, and she's going to actually learn something in college. So she's really going to be dangerous. She's already dangerous. I, and I'm so proud of her. Amazing. And, and Jordan's in trouble. Oh yeah. You've seen bad boys too, right? Just imagine that to the nth degree. Well, I am glad to have boys. I now have two of them. Yes. And, uh, five days in, we are, Still as confused as ever. <laughs> and the puzzle has only gotten more complicated. Yes, that's awesome. Wow. But uh, the puzzle for the Rams has gotten significantly easier. I mean, it's it's not uh, – the odds aren't no, great. Wait a minute. But, wait, wait, but, wait. You had a baby – you guys had a baby on Thursday, right? Friday afternoon. Fr- Friday afternoon. The 2 o'clock hour. And you were in Dallas to do the game. You're a hero. I'm serious. And, <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, and didn't complain one bit. You better not let my wife hear you oh, call me well, a I'm hero. Just saying, she's here. At I'm, least not for the rest of 2019. You you made it without sleep. Uh, I was so glad on the way home you actually got a road to sleep on. That I was did. cool. Yeah, yeah. You needed M- it. Mike Pearson, our uh, yeah. producer, hooked us up big time in that regard. He pumped over to the window seat and let me catch the best two and a half hours of sleep that I've had since Friday. And until, mm-hmm. yeah, for 18 years, that's all you get. So congratulations, Thank man. you. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate all that. Right. Uh, I was hoping for baby Jonas's first Rams win. Yeah. Uh, did not happen in Dallas. And it happened in, once again, just utterly confusing fashion. And we can dig into why exactly that was and which direction the Rams will respond here in uh, Week 16 against the 49ers. But first, the, the remaining playoff picture, slim though it may be, um, not too complicated now. You have to go 2-0, and and the Vikings have to go 0-2. Rams have to beat San Francisco and home to Arizona. The Vikings at home have to lose to rivals in their division, Green Bay and Chicago. What do you think is uh, is more likely, or you can spin it the other way, what would surprise you more, the Rams finishing with two wins or the Vikings finishing with two losses? Is Dalvin Cook healthy? It doesn't appear that way. Is he active? Is he going to play? Well, that I can't answer at okay. this point. Okay, he's still dangerous. I mean, Minnesota is good. I mean, Green Bay can beat just about anybody, and they have to go to Lambeau, right? No, the Vikings are home for the final two weeks. Oh, the Vikings have Green Bay at home? Yep. Oh, God. Okay, yep. that goes out the window. Uh, and that's a tough place to play. But they do have Aaron Rodgers, so, I mean, that's that could be a toss-up. It's a rivalry. And Chicago is, I mean, they're helter-skelter. Get me there. Yeah. It's kind of, that's where I'm at. Like, it's yeah. Wednesday night. 
and the Rams play Saturday night. And if they were fortunate enough to win, you can watch Monday night football, which is the Packers and the Vikings. Yeah. So you've got like 48 hours between your game and their game. And if that breaks in your favor, then all of a sudden week 17 is interesting. And that might be all you can ask for at this point is to have that scenario going into the final week. No, I agree. But you see where I started. I started with Minnesota because right. I'm not sure about this team, the Rams, going up to San Fran. After what I saw versus Dallas, I'm not sure what this team is anymore. I would agree, and I am going to ask our counterpart from San Francisco coming up whether the 49ers are a better team now or when we saw them in Week 6. But why don't we ask that question of the Rams? Are the Rams a better team in December than they were in September, October? I thought so. I mean, they looked great a week ago, and versus Dallas, they looked like a completely different football team. They looked like Seattle did here in the Coliseum. They looked a step slow and tired. Mm. And I can't figure out why. Maybe it was a short week. Maybe it got to them. But, I mean, especially on defense, even Aaron Donald was getting thrown around. And missing tackles. And missing tackles. I mean, I, I don't want to call people out, but I mean, you, you have to. I mean, Troy Reader looked out of his depth versus Dallas. Uh, you can't be colliding in the secondary in December. And it seems like they're picking on Taylor Rapp quite a bit. So there was quite a bit of frustration. And Dallas just pounded the rock at him relentlessly and just absolutely broke their will. So, you know, I, I never thought I would see that out of this defense. Mm. So I don't know what this team is, what the identity is going forward. To the uh, Tavon Austin touchdown that you're talking about, yeah. kind of a, a mesh concept where the, the Rams ran into each other defensively there. I will say if Dante Fowler finishes that sack, we're not even talking about it. And to me, that was the theme. The What if you had made a play at or behind the line of scrimmage, something they didn't do on defense throughout the entire day. I'm concerned in that regard, as I think you are, because you had everything to play for against the Cowboys. Right. You still have something to play for this week, but it's not everything anymore. Yeah. And... And if it were to not go your way early, I think this game gets increasingly difficult to bring your best snap in and snap out, if you know I, what I'm saying. I don't think it was mentally, and I'm praying that it was You wasn't, don't think? Okay. I don't think it was mentally That's they good checked to hear. out. Yeah, That's I, good to hear. I, well, I, I'm hoping. I don't know for sure. I'm not in the, the, the uniform, but I'm hoping they didn't check out mentally. Maybe it was just a physical thing. So let's see how they respond versus San Francisco. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, I looked at Clay Matthews, and it was the first time I saw Clay Matthews actually look like a liability in in certain respects. I mean, they really brought the heat to him, and I think he had, what, five tackles, and they were for, like, plus nine, plus seven. I mean, he was getting dragged, and that was all over the field. So uh, I I don't think that's a mental thing. I think that may be just Dallas playing faster than you. So Mm -hmm. I hope after watching that film you'll get motivated, you'll get a normal week. Well, it's a short week again. You're on Saturday. But you regroup and you – you play a little bit faster than you did versus Dallas. I hope it was a physical thing. He's Marco Farr. I'm JB Long. As the Rams get set to face the 49ers, a win at Levi's means they would have the victory over every team in the NFC West here in 2019, the best division in the NFL. Still might not be enough to put them back in the postseason. Let's flip sides of the football and talk about some of the deficiencies against the Cowboys. Here's where I struggle. You go from mauling the Seahawks using 11 personnel less than you had at any point during the Sean McVay era. You seem to have found that identity. There's that word again with two tight ends, even though you only had two tight ends effective dressed. I mean, you brought up Kendall Blanton, but let's face it. They're down to Higby. Who's been a revelation in recent weeks and Johnny Munt. And then you go to Dallas and it's 11 personnel driven. You come out of the gates trying to throw it around the yard. And when you do run it, you're getting no removal whatsoever. There was a, there was a juncture in that game when 
Jared Goff was accidentally outrushing Todd Gurley. Like right. that, that just doesn't compute. Yeah, some, at this stage of the season, some of your best plays were Dallas penalties early in the game. You know what I mean? Oh, if you don't get that Rob Quinn holding early in the game, like it, it might be even worse earlier than it became. Even to start the game. Oh yeah, they kick, back, kicks it out of they, bounds. They, they right. kick it out of bounds. Right. You, you have it on the forty. I mean, some of your best plays were just mistakes by Dallas, and you couldn't generate anything. And I'm with you, man. The the same approach that Dallas took against the Rams defense, I thought the Rams would employ. That's exactly what you needed to be doing against them. They did it earlier this calendar year right. in the Coliseum in the divisional round. They took a game that was supposed to be completely slanted in Dallas's favor, both run offense and run defense. They flipped the script and they went to New Orleans. I just, I, I'm like, I want to knock on the door and say, "Hey, you don't have to feature Goff. You already paid him. Let's do what it takes to win games." You know what I Is mean? That, did it? Feel, did it have the feel of trying to outthink the room to well, you? Well, if you remove yourself from, I guess, the Rams' gear and just look at it from. You know, uh, an, an outsider's perspective, it looks like you're trying to feature your quarterback more. You know, you you want which, him, yeah. which, given the way he played against Arizona and Seattle, I don't think is a terrible idea. I mean, he carved them up. No, but I but I th- I think I thought that you had found the 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 secret sauce that it it begins and ends with thirty run in the football. That's going to lead your offense. That's going to lead your entire football team and. The first five, six, ten plays were anything but that. Mm. So by the time you did get around to rushing the football, Dallas had, uh, they felt confident against you and they created new line of scrimmages and they just absolutely took away your run game after you tried to throw the football. So the Rams fall to eight and six. They've got San Francisco and Arizona to finish. The 49ers are trying to wrap up the NFC West and they could finish anywhere from a road wildcard team to the number one overall seed in the NFC. Wow. But let's continue that conversation on Jared Goff. Les Sneed was our guest on Monday night. We'll get the GM's updated thoughts on his QB1 plus Goff's thoughts as well as he prepares to face the 49ers. You're listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. Happy holidays, everyone. DeMarco Farr, JB Long, as we continue with this edition of Rams All Access, two regular season games to go in 2019, the Rams at Levi's and then home to close the Coliseum against the Arizona Cardinals. Earlier this week, it is a short week for the Rams, so the Coach McVay show had a guest host, Les Snead was with us. And poor Les, I mean, it seems like every time he steps in for Sean in one of these short week situations, the Rams are coming off one of their more disappointing defeats. That was once again the case here on Monday night. And so we had to pose again the question, where are you with your evaluation of your franchise quarterback, Jared Goff? What we're jacked about is is over the course of this year, years and past, you've seen and we've seen Jared make the type of plays, execute the type of plays that's going to help us win football games. And ultimately, he, along with everyone else, whether it's, you know, defense, offense, secondary core, offensive line core, running backs, receivers, everyone, heck, general manager, needs to be more consistent going forward than we were this year. I know these guys. I know this team. I know who we are and expect no different this weekend. We, we respond well throughout the whole season. We face diversity a handful of times this season and, and have responded the right way and, and I don't expect this to be any different. I think we got a tough challenge up in San Francisco for sure and know that we have to bring it and, and we will. So Jerry Goff there on the back end of Les Sneed's comments again Monday night on our coaches show. We can con- continue. DeMarco Farr and JB Long. Look, for them to win these final two games, for them to keep their slim playoff window open, Jared has to play more like he did in weeks 
13 and 14 than he did in Dallas in 15. He has to play better, to be honest. I mean, you got to lead the football team. And we always say this around draft time or franchise quarterback time. You, you got to lift people around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's valid. And let's just dispel some of this nonsense that they don't like Jared because he doesn't run. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Russell Wilson. But look, I just saw Matt Ryan beat the 49ers. You can do it from the pocket. I saw Matt Ryan go to a Super Bowl and almost have the Patriots if they don't make the miracle comeback. So, and speaking of the Patriots, yeah. does their guy move well? No, not at all. <laughs> so, I mean, he stays in one spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, he moves. He's subtle about it. So you can get it done with a pocket passer. And I'm glad Les Snead actually said GM needs to get better. You have to put the right pieces around that guy to be successful. Look at Dallas. Most of the money's up front. Who's balling? Zeke Elliott. Mm-hmm. So if Jared's going to be your guy, give him the pieces he needs to be su- successful. Uh, Jared Goff had that uh, thumb contusion. If you were watching the game on TV, you probably saw him addressing that on the sideline between drives. Sounds like everything is good to go there. He should get the start and everything being equal. Yeah. Play throughout week 16 against the How do the you Niners. feel about that? I'm, it's different for me as a player about a guy that's kind of dinged, but he's going back out there. I mean, I, Especially at that position, the expectation is you take every rep, right? Right. I mean, that they could have. I would not have criticized Sean McVay for pulling starters in that game. If he wanted to put Malcolm Brown and Blake Bortles and others in there during that fourth quarter, I would have been fine with that, to be honest. I got it. He went the other way and tried to get right in that fourth quarter. That was that was their job. Yeah, go ahead. Didn't you think that fourth quarter was their first practice of 49ers week? I thought the same thing. I did. We're we're so like-minded. I'm like, he's getting started on next week right Mm -hmm. now. Why not? I mean, you've got an NFL game to prepare. I guess this this game is out of hand, but you never stop trying. So, And you never know when that spark is going to happen. It could come at the end of a blowout. You start scoring and you keep scoring. The next thing you know, you win two in a row. But... It's different for quarterbacks because you're the guy and you do have a backup, but you're expected to take every single rep. But if you can't go, I appreciate toughness. I appreciate passion. But if you're going out there on one leg, one arm, whatever, and Mm -hmm. you're hurting us more than you're helping us, then get the other guy in. I I will say this, though. I think Jerry Goss' most concerning throws took place before the thumb injury. True. I mean, and and I would – be curious to ask you if the lighting in Cowboy Stadium played a role in that. Like AT&T had the doors open at both ends and the sun was filtering in. And there were some passes where it looked like Brandon Cooks had one that comes to mind. Todd Gurley had a couple. It was like they never saw it. It was past their ear hole before they made a football reaction to it. And so I would oppose that question except for didn't seem to be bothering the Dallas Cowboys. It didn't bother Tavon Austin one bit. <laughs> now, that being said, they hardly threw it. Like, if, right. you, if you had shown me the box score and you said, hey, Michael Gallup's going to get this, and Amari Cooper's only going to get this, and Randall Cobb's only going to get this, if you had shown me their numbers before the game, I would have said, oh, the Rams are going to win this going away. The Dallas Cowboys really did quit on their head coaching staff. No doubt. Or, or I would have said, this is a bad news box score because it means the Cowboys did not have to hardly throw it to walk all over the Rams and instead that's what happened they had receiving stats like the Army Navy game (laughs) you know what I mean I mean so if if you told me that I'm like well what did Zeke Elliott do and sure enough I mean the entire running game just ran all over the Rams but I mean if you're Jared Goff if you're Sean McVay if you're on offense and you understand what's going on on the other side especially at the end of the bench where we're struggling to stop yeah Zach Zeke Elliott then we have to find ways to stay on the field and match that. If yeah. we can't go point for point, at least let's drive the ball 13 plays and try to wear them out and give our defense a chance to rest. But if you're going three and out and then putting them right back on the field against that, yeah, eventually they're going to they're gonna split your skull wide open. To our previous discussion about the fourth quarter against the Cowboys kind of being the first practice of 49ers week, I will say this. What they'll see from a 
slightly depleted 49ers defense is not what they're going to see in terms of personnel in that last quarter against the Cowboys playing their twos, right? It's, it's about to take another step forward and it's going to be one of the f- more ferocious tests I think of the year and one they saw back in week six and it didn't look good after that first no drive. and they're they're only gonna they, they, they smell blood in the water now I mean that defense when they look at the film that what Dallas did of course they want to match and better what Dallas did so they're going to bring it and I think their front's a whole lot better and oh by the way Bosa's moving now He's lining up left, he's lining up right, he's lining up pretty much where he wants to, and he's always a threat to penetrate. So if you thought Robert Quinn and Demarcus Lawrence were tough in their house, wait until you get a load of these guys coming at you. Yeah, I think they've had some injuries there, including D. Ford on the other edge opposite of Bosa, which might be why they're moving him around mm-hmm. a little bit. And obviously the Rams have had a ton of transition on their offensive line since week six. So when you do compare the rosters where they are now compared to where they were back then. Uh, I'm curious to see how that battle plays out. And and it all circles back to Jared Goff and his mobility within the pocket. Um, and maybe that's where we can can kind of wrap this conversation up before we turn our attention to the defense. And Sean McVay actually had a thought on that very topic. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he is still capable of creating off schedule. There's different ways of being able to create off schedule. I think you look at the way that you know, Tom Brady has consistently done a great job creating off schedule by his ability to move and manipulate within the framework of the pocket might be a little bit different than some of these other guys, whether you Mahomes, Rogers. So uh, I think it's it's all about, you know, all right, what is their skill set? How do they maximize their skill set when things do break down? And um, certain guys have the ability to extend plays outside the pocket, but then there's also an element of extending the play in the pocket by feeling negotiating a rush or having a great feel for where your quick element throws are. And um, all the great quarterbacks usually have a feel for that. And uh, whether you're a guy that's kind of breaking contain and running around or, you know, those are things that I think you see consistent is having an awareness of where everybody's at, knowing where your quick element throws are when things condense in the pocket and, and just having a natural feel while keeping your eyes down the field. Well, that's something that Jared Goff will certainly have to contend with against the 49ers, though I will say San Francisco, after notching 44 sacks to their first 11 games, only three over their past three games. They did get a ton of pressure on Matt Ryan. He was just able to escape out the side door opposite of Bosa. Did I ever tell you my Heath story? When they put poor Heath in there against us, and we were hitting him so much, I'm like, dude, do you know you can actually move around? You don't have to let us hit you. I'm serious. I, I feel bad. I'm getting tired of hitting you. You can move a little bit. Like, wow, dude. Come on. Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Now, on the other side of the football, I, I will say this. The 49ers, without dispute, are a better offensive team than the group that only managed, what, 20 points against the Rams in Week 6. Garoppolo is playing very well. He's valuing possessions, taking care of the football, making big plays. And the 49ers, you look up, they lead the NFL in explosive plays suddenly. Runs more than 15, passes more than 20. That's not something I expected to say at the end of this season. No, but I think this Rams defense matches up better against San Francisco than they do than they do Dallas. Just for one reason only, you don't have Zach Martin out there. And if he wasn't in the Pro Bowl before that game, he damn sure was after. Yeah. Every third and one, he was knocking you off the football. They're just big, strong, and I think they're the anti-Rams defense. The anti-Aaron Donald. Aaron's not very big. You know what I mean? He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's he's a great pass rusher, and he's an awesome defensive lineman, but he's not the biggest guy. So if you get shoe-to-shoe and start pounding on him for 70 plays, well, physics is going to win out. But against San Francisco, it should be a little bit different. And I don't think they have tackle breakers like Zeke Elliott. 
So I think you'll have a better chance to stop them versus Dallas. Again, it's it's confusing to me that we didn't even have to talk about Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup in that game because I think they're potent on the perimeter. And the Cowboys came in you know, leading the NFL in passing. This is different with the 49ers because their threat, uh, even with Emmanuel Sanders, to me is not wide. It's it's the seam. It's oh, yeah. Kittle. You look at what they did um, last week against the Falcons. Garoppolo targeted Kittle 17 times. The other eligibles for the 49ers, 16 combined. Yeah. So that's how heavy they're slanted towards Kittle. And it's great to have Jalen Ramsey named to another Pro Bowl this week. He's taken away half the field, but... He's not going to guard you. You can't put him on Kittle. I mean, look at the other side. Did you see the targets that um, uh, uh, Julio Jones got yeah. from 20? 20 <laughs> targets. So it's Kittle versus Julio Jones all day. Yeah. So that's just the way it goes. And, I mean, look, I guess if you want to say, and I never thought I'd say this, or I, I'm, I'm kicking myself for not thinking it sooner, and I owe the guy an apology. Boy, do you miss John Johnson the third? Yes. I mean, really. I mean, that's a shame. I, I haven't thought about it because the safety play has been pretty good. Up until Dallas, but man, do you miss him? And you mm-hmm. definitely miss him now with Kittle coming up. I thought about that with the uh, Cowboys debacle that was in terms of, man, what, what could have changed so dramatically from 2019, uh, uh, January 2019, that divisional round? You were right to point this out last week. And Dominican Sue may have played his best game as a Ram. That was a big difference maker, especially against that, that stout interior no offensive doubt. line. Yeah. And John Johnson. Yeah. I mean, run fits, covering guys out of the backfield, being a complete safety, that's what you needed on Sunday, and that's probably wasn't, that's, that, that's, was, that's, it wasn't there on game day. That's what you needed to have to beat Dallas or at least get the offense off the field. So this week versus San Fran with crazy Kittle going down mm-hmm. the seam, I mean, mm-hmm. you better have somebody that can really run with him and tackle him. Because he will break tackles in the open field just like Zeke Elliott. And there's no one else in front of him. Yeah, your point is well taken. Like, you know, Western Richburg injured, lost for the season Mm -hmm. in the middle of that San Francisco offensive line. So maybe it is a different look than what we just saw in Dallas. Although, these 49ers came to the Coliseum without both starting tackles and use check their fullback and still found a way to get it done against the Rams' pass rush. We'll get the latest on the state of the 49ers as they look to clinch the NFC West and finish atop the NFC standing with the buy and the home field advantage that come with it. Mark Willard from KNBR in the Bay Area is our guest in Four Down Territory after this on ESPN LA 710. Glad this week to have Mark Willard with us. He talks 49ers on their flagship KNBR in San Francisco. Mark, how are you? I am uh, I am great. Happy holidays to you. Glad to be with you. Yeah, right back at you. And uh, let's start with uh, that finish against the Falcons. My goodness, that was something else. I wonder, like, what dents, if any, do you think the defeat against Atlanta leaves in the 49ers emotionally with where they are in their season and where they're trying to go? Yeah, I mean, it was really the first time this year that the 49ers, I think, were, were caught off guard and, and, and had to sort of process the idea of, uh, of losing a game they absolutely should have won, even though they may feel they had their chances in their other two losses. It's a little easier to process losing in overtime to the Seahawks and losing on the road in the rain to Baltimore, both by three points, than it is uh, losing a home game to the Atlanta Falcons. However, uh, I think over time it's become maybe easier to process than it would be on the surface based on just a few things they have been through. Such an incredible gauntlet of games, the three games prior with road games to Baltimore and New Orleans and a home game at Green Bay and did very well during that time. 
Uh, they also had a tremendous number of injuries on the defensive side, some of which uh, will be better for, for the game against the Rams on Saturday. So I think they were a lot younger on defense uh, than, than they have been at any other point in the year, and, and that's usually what leads to final drives like, like what happened. Um, and then also the really big thing is you never want to lose a game, and yes, they took it personally, but the bottom line was it really didn't change a whole lot right. for their standing. You know, they, they, they look at it as they were going to try to win the final two games, and, uh, and, and with or without that game against Atlanta, they will be the one seed if they're able to do that. So if you're going to take the loss, I guess, you know, that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, you're probably right there. And I mean, they could even win the West without beating the Rams this week, which is odd to say the least, but it certainly would right. impact their postseason destinations. And as I look at it, I'm captivated by the fact that the 49ers could be going to Dallas or Philly. They could be going to Green Bay or New Orleans, or the NFC path to Miami and the Super Bowl could run entirely through Levi's Stadium. Like, how big of a difference do you think that will be for Garoppolo and Shanahan and their chances? Of claiming a conference title, well, I mean the math is is pretty simple, obviously. Uh, you know, but I'd also say the bigger part of it, in my mind, is not even the home field; it's just the bye um, because of those injuries I talked about. There's been a lot of guys who have some things that have been lingering throughout the season, and and also just because of that aforementioned late, difficult schedule. I think it's probably emotionally and mentally been a lot on them as well. And so they're a group that really could, you know, use a week off, especially because that emotion is not going to lower at any point versus the Rams and the Seahawks mm-hmm. in the final two weeks. So it's it's been a lot. It's been a heck of a last uh, half of the season. And, and so I think they could really use the recharge. Um, and so from that standpoint and the obvious math of playing one less game, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, that said, this team is built to play a lot of different styles, and, uh, and we've seen them do that. They've been tested in a number of different ways just based on their schedule, and uh, they've been able to succeed in a number of different sort of environments, whether it be in the wet or in a home and, you know, loud or not so loud or, or you know, whatever. They've, they've been able to handle a lot of those, so they – they look like a team that can succeed in multiple environments, so I don't think there's any game out there, home or road, that would overwhelm them. Uh, but, but, J.B., they could absolutely use that break. We're talking with Mark Willard on 4Down Territory this week. Mark talks 49ers on their flagship, KNBR, in the Bay Area. And Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. You know, Mark, with the Rams in Dallas uh, last week and the 49ers hosting the Falcons, like those of us who have watched let's just say NFC West football for a long time. Like there's some deep running bad blood between a lot of these teams that are circulating here. And now the Niners are going to finish with the Rams and the Seahawks, of course. So my overarching question for you is rank the 49ers rivals currently, right? Like, you know, Garoppolo and, you know, Richard Sherman has a different take on it. You know, Armstead, all these other guys, like I don't think they really know about maybe old school Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Falcons, Niners, Saints, but how much flavor do they still have for Rams Niners and Seahawks Niners? Yeah, I mean, d- definitely to a degree. And, you know, when you look at rivalries, though, um, it's probably different for, for each player based on their own history. I always think a little bit more about the fans when it comes to rivalries and, 
Uh, right now, in this day and age, even though historically this wasn't the case, the Seahawks get the hair on the back of the neck of the 49er fans standing up higher than, than anyone else. Right. And, and obviously, you know, with what happened on, on Monday night back in, uh, in early November where they, they ended up losing a game that they certainly felt like they should have won. So, uh, so the Seahawks are definitely one, but the Rams are right behind them. And, and you go back to the game at the Coliseum earlier this year. That wasn't just a rivalry game, but I, you know, seeing the Rams being back and being a good team and coming off a Super Bowl year, and they really represented for for the 49ers the first real big test that they had this year. Um, they came in four and zero, but everyone was like, "Nah, eh, you know, they haven't really played anyone." So that was a that was a big deal, and and that got everybody going, and uh, and it will be the same this Saturday night. But as far as the players, I mean, I think you're even alluding to it. You know, Richard Sherman, it's the Seahawks for. Uh, for Nick Bosa, it turned out to be the Browns. Right, right. <laughs> yes, yes, something he was saving for Baker Mayfield. So they may each have their own food, but, you know, especially now that they've gone through this year and they look at two weeks to go and the two big names in the division are sitting there, uh, emotions are, are high for sure. So you mentioned that Week 6 contest, and this is something that DeMarco Farr and I have already talked about in this program. But from your perspective, are the 49ers better now? in December than they were in October? So I can answer that in two different ways, and, and I don't have any choice but to do that. They are absolutely a better offensive football team than they were that day. They are not as good of a defensive football team. Now, that could change based on you know who comes back this week. Richard Sherman, K1 Williams, they will be back. Uh, their safety to cross is still a question mark, but they – they will not have Quan Alexander. They are probably not going to have D Ford. Uh, those are big pieces of the puzzle, and, and we've watched. Part of it is that they're playing better offenses in the second half. Part of it is that they are worn down and injured. And so that defense that stifled Jared Goff at, at just an, an historic level back in week six is probably not quite as dominant as it was uh, back in the, uh, the month of October. But Jimmy Garoppolo has been taking very large steps yeah. each week. And uh, that, that, that thing he was doing back in September and October where he just threw one seemingly disastrous pick every single game at least, and he almost threw two in the Rams game, as you know. He's not doing that anymore. And a lot of people wanted to know, could they win a shootout? And there's no bigger shootout than going to the Superdome and getting the ball with less than a minute to go and, and scoring 48 points, and, and he did it. So... So he looks different. He looks more experienced, and, and the offense, I think, for that reason, has got uh, has got a, a little bit more versatility to it and, and more confidence to it for sure than it did the first time the Rams saw him. Yeah, Jimmy G. Over the past four weeks, one fumble, one interception. Last question on four down territory for Mark Willard, our guest from San Francisco, to give the uh, Rams a little bit of hope here for the fan base to have some optimism to wrap up this conversation. Finish this sentence for me. The 49ers flame out in December slash January because ellipses. Um, because uh, because their defense could not stay healthy. Um, I, I, I you know for for lack of a, uh, a better way of putting it, um, to me that that is their their biggest question right now. That defense was a Super Bowl defense, and right now we're in a state of not knowing if they can sort of lead recapture that because they've they've lost so many players and and, and you notice that that's just part of the nfl you mm-hmm. know it's not a 
it's not a complaining rule or an excuse. But that's the deal. Like, you know, can you stay healthy and be healthy at the right time? And so I think there is a question as to whether or not the 49ers, both from a health standpoint and beyond, may have peaked too early. Um, but that question is still out there because there is time for them to get it back. Very few of the injuries have been season-ending, um, but some of them are still in that we're not sure sort of territory. And so if they don't get all their guys back and then regain that swagger over these last two weeks, um, then, uh, then yeah, the possibility, especially in the NFC, is there for a short trip in January. Mark Willard from KMBR in the Bay Area, bringing us four down territory this week to preview week 16 at Levi Stadium, Rams and 49ers. Mark, thank you for carving out part of your Wednesday evening for us. We appreciate it. You got it anytime, JB. Enjoy the game. All right. Like you said, happy holidays. Coming up next on Rams All Access, a closer look at the rest of the top of the NFC playoff picture. DeMarco Farr, JB Long, Rams All Access. With two weeks to go in the regular season, the Rams and the San Francisco 49ers this Saturday night, primetime at Levi's. DeMarco, I know 49ers week has always meant something special to you, coming off of a deflating loss like they suffered at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys and with their playoff odds dwindling. What can a rivalry uniform mean to the spirits and the motivation of the Los Angeles Rams? If I could, if, if I were Sean McVay, I would do like a barnstorming tour and go meet every diehard Rams fan and have them tell you what it means to play the 49ers and what it means to them. Um, kind of like remember the Titans. Just to get it back so you understand what this really means. And for me, I realize why I can't stand these guys. I came in in 1994. I didn't beat them until 1999. Really? Yeah. I mean, and it was, it was one embarrassing loss after, after the next. Sometimes these, they blew us out. Sometimes we had the game or one time we had the game and we gave it to them and we continued the streak. So it, it took a while and how they feel about you. And, you know, I, I remember Dana Stubblefield went on inside the NFL and said, same old Rams, same old sorry ass Rams. That still burns with me. My mom still hates that. So yeah, it's, I don't want to say hatred, but it's close. You should feel like this is a rivalry game, a rivalry week. I hope it still exists. Hmm. I'm sure it exists up there. Yeah. I mean, we actually just heard from Mark on that. Like, where do the Rams fall in the current rivalry pecking orders of the 49ers? And I understand why the Seahawks rank above the Rams yeah. right now, given where they were in Harbaugh and Pete Carroll and the fact that Richard Sherman has changed sides. By the way, Richard Sherman kind of comes out smelling like roses in terms of negotiating that contract of his own now that he's a pro bowler again. Right? I, I salute him. I, I give him a firm handshake. I thought he went to San Fran to die and he is still balling out. George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Nick Bosa, the other pro bowlers for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Rams, as you would expect, got Aaron Donald back to the pro bowl as he has been every year as a pro. Jalen Ramsey, despite coming over mid-year, is going back to the pro bowl for a third time and Todd Gurley is an alternate. Any, uh, what do you make of, uh, Marcus Peters going to the pro bowl too? Deserved. <laughs> right. So in essence, they had two Pro Bowl corners. I mean, if you're on the Ravens and you're not in the Pro Bowl, you got to be looking around me like, <laughs> right. 11 guys, right? On that team. It's, it's deserved. And it's, there's, and yeah. there's a decent chance that there's going to be a whole lot of replacements necessary no because doubt. I don't see yeah. that team getting derailed between now and Miami. And Todd is an alternate. An alternate. I didn't see that until you just said it. I'm, 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 wow. Really? I think, an alternate. I think that's a pretty strong show of support from his peers and his fans around the National Football League who vote on yeah. these types of things. Well, they used to say you make the Pro Bowl a year after you should and stay a year longer than you should. Okay. Yeah, so I guess that's, that's a, why That's, that's why when I kind of make my notes in yeah. terms of accolades for a player, I always default to all pro honors before yeah. Pro Bowl honors. So no it's doubt. Just kinda, and Bobby Wagner is a starter in the Pro Bowl. Hmm. You know, that's what I'm saying. And you saw what Sean McVay just did to him. So it's... 
Wow. Rams All Access brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Before we're done, DeMarco, I do want to get your thought on how this NFC West, but even the conference is going to shake up in terms of who's going to get the one seed, who's going to get that by, how's that all going to shake out, especially when the Niners go up to Seattle. But, but first, mm. like from the Rams standpoint, final perspective from from down here. I had a tough time on Monday night with with poor Les Snead because I know the Rams are still in this two weeks to go. He doesn't want to look ahead to what will be a challenging offseason. But I can't help but feel that in some way how the Rams finish will shape what they think and need to do this offseason. And here's what I mean. You beat San Francisco and Arizona, a couple of things. One, you'll have a winning record overall. You'll have a winning record in your division, the toughest division in the NFL, and you'll have a win over every single one of those opponents, Arizona, Seattle, and San Francisco within it. So a case could be made, if, if that's how it goes, that we're right there. We're a missed field goal here, a missed tackle there from being with Seattle or taking San Francisco's place as opposed to being on the outside looking in. No doubt. Or like a 10 win, but miss the playoff team. Or it could go the other way and you will have no choice but to take a very severe look in the mirror and figure out where you go from here. Nine and seven, eight and eight. I mean, in Arizona just, didn't they just win this past weekend? Yeah. An emotional win. And 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 Kyler Murray looks like a much different quarterback than what we saw a couple weeks ago. Oh, the, the team we see at the end of the year won't be the same team we saw in Arizona. We know that. So if they, if the Rams bring the same, I guess, if they come out flat against San Francisco and against anybody in the National Football League, you can be beaten. So eight and eight is a possibility. So is 10 and six. Um, I love 10 wins. 10 wins is always good. It's good for morale. It's good for the fan base, but it's only about the postseason is, uh, that's success failure. So if you get to 10 and you miss the postseason, it's still enough, in my opinion. It's great. You can sell tickets on it, but you still failed as a team. So, you know, I, I hope that you're still hanging on to hope as a player. I really do. Um, if you turn on the film, uh, of, of, at Dallas, it doesn't seem like that. It seems like Dallas wanted it more than you. And I think Todd said that, um, in a, in a press clipping I heard somewhere. So we'll find out. We'll see how you bounce back. Mm. San Francisco is going to probably take the same game plan and use it against you just like Dallas did and see if you want to play football today. Hopefully the Rams can turn them back and generate something offensively, but we'll see. I don't know yet. All right, to the top of the NFC now. This I find fascinating, whether or not the Rams are part of this mix or not. Seattle leading the way. Two home wins against Arizona and San Francisco away from having home field advantage throughout the playoffs and the bye that comes with the one seed. Green Bay and New Orleans are the other 11 and 3 teams. I would say the Packers have a tougher finish than New Orleans as they try to figure out who else might get a bye. Dallas and Philadelphia will probably decide it head to head this week and then the wild card teams. I mean San Francisco right now is a road wild card team. Wow. That's bananas, right? Given that the is. season that they've had. Yeah. And then Minnesota man, it just wasn't the Rams day on Sunday, was it, right? The the, yeah. the the Bears couldn't get over on the Packers. The Chargers gave you no assistance Did whatsoever you, with the Vikings. I don't want to talk about and then tickets. the Cowboys. I don't want to talk about tickets and selling seats. But did you see that? I did. That's supposed to be a Charger home game. I did. That was rough. I feel bad. I feel bad. And didn't Zim say something about it? I didn't see that, but yeah, like we won another home game or something like the, that. The, the uh, Vikings official oh, social media yeah. handle. That's brutal. Chalked that's, up another home. That's one. a tough way to win. I'll, I'll say this, man. I think Baltimore is coming out of the AFC. Fair. I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, I, I think if Kansas City or New, or New England did, 
who would be surprised, but I, I think Baltimore is that solid. I'm not even sure if New England's going to be in the postseason after Spygate 2. But Fair we'll, enough. We'll see, but I think Baltimore is coming out of the AFC. If I could pick anyone outside of the Rams to combat what Baltimore's giving you, I, I like it that it's going through Seattle, if that's what shakes out. That's, you've got to go through Seattle to make it to the Super Bowl, which means Seattle has the best chance of getting there. Yeah. I like that matchup better than anyone else, Baltimore versus the NFC. It's interesting because it kind of is on the NFC West to carry that banner. Here's what I mean. They've already seen the Ravens, right, because of mm-hmm. the division crossover. Right. The 49ers, I would say, since the Ravens got going, played Baltimore as well. I mean, I'm not going to say like Baker Mayfield in Cleveland way back in September, right? Like this version of Lamar and the Ravens, the 49ers went toe-to-toe with them as well as anyone. No doubt. So what if the Niners can win out? and get on top and maybe put themselves in a position to go face uh, Roman and kind of what used to be like the Kaepernick Foundation in Miami. That would be, I mean, I'm with you defensively going against Lamar, yes, but then I think I'd take Russell Wilson over Garoppolo, mm. even if Garoppolo's playing great. Russell's been there. Or, yeah. or as the starter, he's been there. Or this yeah. finish could shake things up entirely, and I don't think it would shock me to see New Orleans climb to the top of the NFC standings. And if you have to go through the Superdome to get to Miami, we just went through that last yes. year, and I think that raises all sorts of questions about, like, even if you think Seattle or San Francisco might be better top to bottom, can you go do it in the Dome knowing what Peyton and Breeze are going to have working for them. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish uh, I wouldn't wish going through New Orleans on the guy I hate the most. That is a tough place to play and Drew Breeze is getting hot at the right time for them. He sure is and then with all of the backstory about how they were quote unquote robbed by Nikel Roby Coleman and the pass <laughs> interference being coming the dominant narrative from an officiating standpoint of this season. I mean, it, it really would be something to see Drew Brees have another home NFC championship game to try and get a second ring. Right? He's got a ring. I don't feel so bad. He's already been to the mountaintop. No, but so what? But like, yeah, so everybody no, gets hosed in no, one point. No, knowing what this offseason could look like for yeah. future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, though, in terms of potential this free is, agency. This is true. Drew Brees could make it a whole lot clearer for everybody. By going out on top and saying that's that's good for me. I, I went and I go home. I kind of hope the same thing happens just so I can see Sean Payton's face on the sideline. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Another bad call knocks you out of the Super Bowl. That would be great. I love the way you think, Marco. <laughs> on a show that we talked a lot about rivalries and like who do you still have ill will against? Yeah, the 49ers are still there for you, and I can tell the New Orleans Saints are not far behind. You see me getting off the airplane? That limp <laughs> I have? It's all because of them. No, it's it's never over. Hate you for life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have a great rest of your week, everyone. Uh, Regardless of records and stakes, anytime the Rams and the 49ers get together, it should be a good show. We'll talk to you three hours before kick from Levi's Stadium. Uh, In the meantime, have a safe, enjoyable weekend. DeMarco, good luck with the uh, hosting duties tonight. Oh, good luck to him. I hope he passes all of your family's tests. Like I said, I have a shovel and some duct tape, and you won't be missed. All right, let me know how the feats of strength go (laughs) over dinner tonight. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. Thanks for listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710.